what are some great workout tips for the gym that can help you work out your life? Stay tuned for this episode of the Deeper Motivation Show to see what Coach Carl took from the weights to the streets, maybe to the sheets. Welcome to the Deeper Motivation Show. It is I, your friendly neighborhood podcast host, John Carrier. Stick around while I interview experts in mind and body wellness and people just like you who have beaten burnout, broken through barriers, and built balance for a life they really want. Are you driven and motivated, but feel like you need to dive deeper? Well, you've come to the right place, because when it comes to taking better care of ourselves and achieving our goals, what most people know is just the tip of the iceberg. Greetings, Iceberg. It is I, your friendly neighborhood podcast host, John Carrier. And today I'm delighted to bring this interview with Coach Carl Berryman to you. Carl is a really cool dude that I met through uh, Pat Flynn's SPI community, has been a successful personal trainer for several years, has recently become a men's health advocate. And I'm going to let him tell you all about that as he shares at least four tips that I counted uh, of lessons he learned in the gym that he began to apply in his life outside the gym. Some really impactful stuff. I hope you'll stick around for this. Before we get to it, I just want to make sure you know about something that is on offer on the Deeper Motivation YouTube channel. It is the Resolution Reboot Challenge from Stuck to Unstoppable in 30 days. It's based on an inspiration I got recently learning that something like 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions abandon them by February. And I know I've been in that 80% before. So I tried to hack it, hack my own behavior, uh, look into why that is and how you might make things better. And so what I did was I prepared 30 videos for you to watch. All you have to do is sign up for this challenge and then you'll get a daily video uh, for 30 days, along with some journal pages, worksheets, what have you, uh, plus access to me for coaching you along the way. So all you have to do is go to deepermotivation.com forward slash resolution and check that out. But first, let's hang it with Coach Carl. All right, coming to the microphone, we have none other than Carl Berryman, aka Coach Carl. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. This is, uh, it's been awesome already before the pre-recording. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Really looking forward to this. Very cool. Yeah. We were chatting a little bit before. And so I have a question for you and I'm, you you told me this, I want to know way more about this and I want to make sure everybody gets to know about this. What is flair bartending? Okay. So flair bartending, you brought up something that was interesting because, uh, the movie cocktail with Tom Cruise, everybody remembers that. (laughs) Well, Anybody who's of our era (laughs) will will remember that movie. Some people will not, but cocktail, really, it's just flair bartending. People think about flipping bottles, flipping glasses and all stuff like that. But a couple of years ago, right before COVID hit, um, my partner, Jenny Lee, got me one of the best Christmas presents ever. We There was a cocktail lounge here in Winnipeg, where I live, called Fourth. Mm. And we went there for a cocktail making class. Now, before then, anytime we'd have a drink, it was... Obviously, we not obviously, but we have beer, wine, or we might have the occasional gin and soda or something like that. Like nothing really cocktailish. Mm-hmm. So we went to this course and they teach you how to make 
the classic cocktails, like an old fashioned, a margarita, um, different types of old fashions, things like that, the Manhattan, everything like that. And it was extremely interesting, not just from the style that you make the cocktails, but also just learning the history of Mm -hmm. how they got their names and the different liquors. So when I got home, I just went right on Amazon and ordered all the suggested equipments, uh, the shaker tins, the jiggers, everything like that. Mm -hmm. And then I decided I was going to host for my friends, something called Carl's classic cocktails. And so I did a menu and I had everybody come and everybody got a chance to do their own little flair with it because, um, having fun with the tins and just pouring things in a much funner fashion. It just, it creates a really memorable experience for people. So I ran a few Carl's classic cocktails for people. And then I've done them at people's houses as they've uh-huh. hired me as like the bartender. And, uh, it's just hospitality was kind of my, my first life, if you will, from a professional standpoint. So, um, I've always had a passion for hospitality. So whenever people come over here now, they're always like, Oh my God, look at this whiskey sour. Look at this old fashioned. I just, I, I love upping the hospitality game at home for my, for my friends and everything. So, so yeah, that's what that's all about. That's awesome. I so appreciate that. I think, um, my, my cocktail days are over. I, I sort of tell people I already drank it all. So, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I love to cook and that's like a big thing for me is not just, you know, trying out new ingredients, being adventurous, but the sharing of it, right. The yes. hospitality of it, the, the, the relationships you create with it, I think is paramount. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know that people are coming to the show for cocktail recipes, but I'm really glad to learn that about <laughs> you. Um, uh, so, uh, Carl is a, uh, has been a personal trainer is now a men's health advocate. And I want to learn more about that. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, how you got to where you are. Oh, so for the, the men's health advocate is really recent. Like I've been a personal trainer for a, uh, coming up on 11 years mm-hmm. and the men's health advocate part of it really just started last month, November, 2022, because um, I'm not a huge, or I've never really been a huge social media guy, but I decided to start posting more frequently. And since November was men's health month, I started listening to all these podcasts mm. on men's health and depression and anxiety, because I am somebody who still to this very day. And by this very day, I mean, today deals with anxiety and panic attacks and depression. And I know what it's like to, be be a man who suffers from depression. And I never really realized just how different it was between men and women, like showing mm-hmm. signs of depression, because a lot of women we know ha- have been, are typically much better at recognizing and expressing emotions. Mm-hmm. And there it's, it's been proven that their language around emotions is much more diverse than men. Um, so obviously they're going to show it a lot better with a man how do we show depression? Well, we don't show it by crying. We don't show it by going to lean on somebody's shoulder. We show it by drinking. We show Mm -hmm. it by obesity. We show it by shutting down. That's how we show it. So I realized as much as I love helping a very diverse group of people with health and fitness um, and taking what works inside the gym and applying it outside the gym, most importantly, I realized that there is a need for men to have more sources because so many of the personal development online groups and self-help mm-hmm. groups that I've been a part of 
you scroll through them and it's 75 to 90% women. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But what that tells me is that there's not that many places available that would be male specific. So now I'm my language inside of my podcasts is really starting to go towards gentlemen who find themselves in the same boat as I am just Mm -hmm. dealing with the stresses of being a man, not that they're any harder, any worse than a woman. They're just different. So they needed to be addressed differently. So that's where that's coming up from. Yeah, that's that's amazing. This is really, really important work. And again, I'll I'll reiterate what you said that uh, not to discount uh, one bit the suffering of mental uh, of mental health of you know and, and the, the the concomitant physical effects uh, on women. Um, it's been my observation that women are more likely to talk to each other about right. it, right? Yeah. And so, but what as you observe, what men do is they isolate, right? They yes. hide and uh, you know stiff upper lip, bottle of bourbon in the cupboard, right? And, and so. Yeah. Uh, and in some of my counseling work, I've kind of come across this fascinating, um, set of statistics that talk about, uh, you know, I'm not going to guess your age just cause you know what the movie cocktail is, but men get <laughs> to a certain age, forties, fifties, sixties, yep. the suicide rate just hits like a hockey stick. Right. And, yeah. And that's, and I think that that's, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I was say national, tra- it's an international tragedy. It's just sort of a truism of how life is. And so the more people I think are aware of that, uh, again, not discounting, uh, the mental health needs of any gender, but the more people, but, but so few people I think are aware of that. And so I'm glad you call that out. Right. And, and this is yeah. uh, also this, um, the synchronicity of, you know, you know, I'm guessing you launched in in November, like, okay, this is going to rump, you know, bump up my training business. I'm going to look into men's health. And they're like, wait, I see me in these cases. Right. And absolutely. How do, and how do I take what I've learned and help them out and, you know, lean on some brothers myself. So say more exactly. about that. So the, for about the past, I'm going to say, year and a half, I've really, really, really been emphasizing taking what works inside the gym and applying it outside the gym. Um, reason being because December, 2020, yeah, December, 2020, um, fell into a really deep depression. A lot of things were going on in my life and I decided to take my physical health a lot more seriously. So Mm -hmm. I started applying some very strategic principles inside the gym. And as Mm -hmm. a result, I was able to transform my body radically in a very short period of time. And so then I just started asking myself, because when I had hit that, the bottom of that pit, one of the things I asked myself was, because I thought I was doing everything right with my body. And clearly I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I asked myself, if I'm fooling myself with regards to my body, where else am I blind to the truth? And it turned out I was blind to the truth everywhere. Like my, my relationship with my romantic partner, we were essentially roommates is how we were there. There was no animosity. There was no hatred, nothing like that, but there was also no excitement, no passion, Mm -hmm. no real physical intimacy, all the things that you want from a romantic partner. Mm -hmm. And when it came to living my purpose and my mental and emotional health and strength and agility, mobility, 
I was having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning, even though as a personal trainer, I love what I do, but I'd still, I'd be lying to clients about having to take my dogs to the vet because I just couldn't be open and honest about the fact that right now I have a pit in my stomach. I don't know what it is, but I cannot get out of bed. I just can't. And I still get that every once in a while now. However, I'm able to get out of bed because what I did was when I transformed my body fast, it's like, okay, well, this wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it was going to be. So what if I just apply the same principles to my relationship? Mm-hmm. So, and by that, I mean, inside the gym, for example, let's say I know a lot of men out there have issues after a while being with the same partner, initiating sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and it's the longer you put that off, the worse it gets. It's like going back to the gym. The longer you let things go, the worse they're going to get. So for me, I was like, okay, Carl, well, what you're thinking about doing here is you're thinking about the end result of the sexual experience. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go back into the gym after not being into gym for, for a while, you can't just go and pick up the same weights you were doing when you were going the entire time. So you need to dial it back. And that's something I always tell my clients in the gym is dial back or dial down before you dial out, dial down before you dial out. So don't just put down the weight and stop, reduce the weight and keep going, choose a more manageable option and keep going. So for me at first, it was like, you know what, can I just lie down in bed and hold hands? Can I just do that? Because that's not that much weight to lift. And after that gets easier, it's just like adding more weight in the gym. You start adding things. And all of a sudden, after 90 days, you've made a huge transformation because Mm. you've taken those small steps just like you would in the gym. So I did that with relationships. I did that with my mental and emotional health. I did that with my sense of purpose. But bringing us back to the whole man thing, last month, one of the statistics that really shocked me and has got me changing in this gear now is exactly what you talked about, the rate of suicide, where eight out of 10 suicides are, are attempted by men. Hmm. And 70% of all, all divorces are initiated by women. So that tells me that men are, and I know this from experience, men are lacking the tools and the strategies and the support and the systems in order to start making those trends go in the opposite direction. Not that we want to even things out so that it's 50-50 men and women. We just want to lower the numbers entirely. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I love this connection that you're drawing here. And you apply to so many areas of life. Uh, and, and I don't know if, if men think this way more than women do. I can say I think I've, I've thought this way a lot. Like, um, let's say, for example, like I used to be able to run marathons. Right. So I think, but I haven't, I haven't done any like serious jogging in three years. So let's start training for another marathon. Oh, this hurts. (laughs) I guess my marathon days are over. Right. You know, this isn't about me, but I'm just saying hypothetically, let's say you used to be able to deadlift 600 pounds, but it's been a little while. You don't go into the gym and rack up 600 pounds right? You got to start small to build up to that. And then the parallel is, all right, it's been a while since we've had a really like uproarious orgasm, let's say. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and if I'm not, and so you got that, that's your frame. And it's like, if it's not going to be that, if it's not going to be the honeymoon sex, if it's not going to be the pinnacle where we're, that we used to be at right away, I'm not even going to try. 
Right. Well, I don't even remember how to build up to that because it's been so long. Yeah. And so I, I think that's, I think that's, that's so, so true what you're keen into. So this, this so there's this principle of um, dial it down before you dial out. Cause I think so yes. many of us, if we can't be the best uh, or if we, or, or people start out on a path, especially when it comes to like hitting the gym and other physical stuff, I know many times I've started out too strong. I've either injured or exhausted myself and yeah. I burn out in like a week or two or a month or something. And then I just quit. And then I'm on that seesaw again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do that with relationships, right? You could do that Absolutely. about work expectations. You could do that about all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. dial it down before you dial out. What's a, Is there another principle you have that uh, was helpful in the gym that yeah. you took out on the street? Um, one of the things that I found with, uh, over my career as a personal trainer, uh, the vast majority, I'm going to, not the vast majority, the first six years of it was spent all in one-on-one training. So I just did one-on-one. Cause I thought like, that is the pinnacle of, if you want to get into the best shape of your life, what better than to have a professional giving you all of their attention. And then I started doing large group training where I had anywhere from say 16 to 25 people. And when you get 16 to 25 people in a room, all working out together, the energy is incomparable. It is just amazing. And then there's peer pressure there as well. But I remember this one woman who I had been training, I trained her for about 10 years actually. And she was started off in her fifties. She was 63 when we stopped training. And we always did one-on-one and right. I'm going to say about three years ago, I started doing small group training. So I went from one to double digits to six. And what I noticed with the six is they got the best of both worlds because there was a lot of really good energy with the five other members, but then I was also able to give them 100% of my attention when they were doing an exercise. So it's the best of both worlds. So this woman, I kept trying to convince her to come, kept trying to convince her to come. She's like, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't. I prefer the one-on-one thing. I'm like, okay. So finally she comes to one session and at the time she's late fifties and I've got some 30 year olds, maybe a 40 year old and some 20 year olds. Like it's a huge mixed bag. And so we're doing a sled push. Like you would see those sleds in Mm -hmm. like a football on the football turf. Right. And these women are doing really good numbers. Uh, like keep in mind, it was actually called sweat S W E T strong women empowered together. So it was Mm -hmm. exclusive to women. So they're pushing a whole bunch of weight. And then it's my one-on-one client's turn who the one who's in her fifties. And she looks at the weight and I'm like, you want to give that a go? And she's like, I don't know, but I can try. Now there had been so many times where I tried to get her to do certain things, just her and I, and she never would. But once Mm -hmm. she saw evidence of other people doing it, all of a sudden she got there. So, and she, she later in a couple of weeks said, you know what, Carl, no offense, but I don't want to do one-on-one training anymore. I want to do the group training. I'm like, I totally agree. She broke up with me before I had to break up with her. So it was perfect. (laughs) Um, But where I'm going with that is what I found is that when it comes to life outside the gym, there's a couple of things that you need. Number one, you need that professional, that person who can really tell you what you need to do. So say, for example, I've done therapy with uh, BetterHelp. I've had my own life coach. I've had many different uh, therapists and psychologists because they're the professionals. 
Um, but then you also need that small group that you can connect with that is kind of in the same boat as you, because I mm-hmm. know a lot of people as a personal trainer, they see, they see me doing things. And since it's my job and I've been doing it for 11 years, they may not think they can do it. But then if somebody that's working out right beside them, who isn't the trainer does it all of a sudden, the, just the thought realm of possibility starts to expand for them. So mm-hmm. you need those two things inside and outside the gym. So I have, I've got my brothers that I connect with on a weekly basis, but then I also have the professionals that I connect with so that mm-hmm. I can get the professional advice I need while at the same time having the emotional support from men who are in the same boat as me. So yeah, that's so great. And I just to, so I can frame it so I can understand it. And I'm thinking like, you know, one of those old SAT problems, like a personal <laughs> trainer is to small group coaching as let's say therapist is to group therapy. Or, yes. or peer groups, like a, not even like a yes. facilitated group therapy session, but um, that's, that's amazing. I mean, and, so, and again, in so many aspects of life, and I found this too, whether it's, you know, in, in education that I've done in teaching that I've done, you know, you need a teacher, but it all, you also need friends. Like you need, um, you needed that, you need a, that accountability coach, but there's also something to those accountability partners. Right. Yeah. And that person who's working with you one-on-one, you're telling them what to do. They're looking at you and they're like, well, you're magic. Like, how do I do that? And they're comparing themselves to you. Um, and I'm not meaning like comparing and and comparing themselves to their peers. Like, Oh, I bet I can lift more than, you know, this other person, (laughs) but it's more like, Oh, like like you said, with your, your client on the sled, if they can push that sled, I'm going to give it a try. Right. Exactly. Because they're human. I'm human. We're, they're not, you know, they're not deities like coach Carl and we can <laughs> then, uh, get a lot more done and, and, and the balance of the two as well. So it's like, if you just have a bunch of kind of uncoached peers, um, nobody's really drawing the group along that, that can also be a bit of a pitfall as well, I imagine. Um, but if you have that group of peers who are all similarly motivated and a guide, you can get a lot of cool stuff done. Yeah. That is, you hit the nail on the head there when you, especially like I literally got goosebumps in that last part when you were talking about that. And I think you phrased it as accountability coach and accountability Mm -hmm. partners, because one of the things that I found, um, I was part of a men's coaching group from 2017 to 2020. And it was incredible. Um, Best learning experience of my life for sure. And I've met some amazing people through that. But what I found was it was specifically for men at the beginning and it had thousands of men in it. So when you go into the community, perfect analogy, there have been some fitness classes where I've taught where there's been 30 people in the class. And what I do is when the class is done, um, I go up near the front desk where everybody's leaving and I say bye to everybody. And there have been times where I didn't even remember seeing an individual in the class mm. because with 30 people there in a 45 minute class, right. you can't see it. I'm you not necessarily, I'm not I, right. I, I might see them once or twice, but not enough to coach them properly. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the disadvantage of a lot of these online communities where you get in there and it's just floods of people, which is why. As a participant, it is our responsibility to go in there and see if there's that one or two other individual or individuals that you can connect with. So there's two gentlemen out of the thousands that were part of this men's coaching program that I still connect with on a weekly basis. Actually, three of them I still Mm -hmm. connect with on a weekly basis because we resonated. And 
yes, we are accountability partners, but we still need that accountability coach because I don't want to have to be the one. Yeah. I can tell my friends we're, we're close enough where I can say, you know what, pull your head out of your rear end, whatever. But really as a friend, it's not my job to coach you. I can share my experience and support you along the way and give advice when you ask for it. Mm -hmm. But a coach's job is say, listen, you did, you said you were going to do this. What got you in the way of not doing this? What can we do in the future to make sure that you don't make those mistakes again? Like it's tough to coach friends for sure. So having that third party that is solely a coach is critically important. Yeah. I mean, this sounds so much like uh, the best of team sports where you have, mm-hmm. uh, you have the coach, but you also have your teammates and, yes. um, you know, of course you can, they're coaching things like, I don't know, diving, <laughs> wrestling, you know, sort of one singular activities. But, yeah. um, when you have that team dynamic, everybody needs the coach, but you, you really do lean on each other and mm-hmm. you, it also motivates you to show up as your best self because it's not just the coaches mm-hmm. looking at you. It's your teammates who are counting right. on you for their success as well. So yeah, just to recap, dial it down before you dial it out. Yeah. Get yourself some teammates to go with your coach. Yeah. What, what else have you learned? One of the biggest ones is, is so simple and it's, it's a quote that uh, I've said it so many times and I have to, Whenever it comes up for me, whenever I find myself in a really challenging situation where I can't find the answer and something's just not clicking, I'm pretty sure it was Mark Twain. I should know who it is since I've said it so many times, but no question is so difficult to answer as that to which the answer is obvious. So when it comes to life outside the gym and like one of the things that I think a lot of anybody who's been in the health and fitness game for a while has probably heard the the expression, you can't out train a poor diet. You can't out train a poor diet. Everybody knows that like diet is let's say 80, 90%, whatever. It's a high percentage of the results that you get. Um, So it doesn't make sense to put all your focus on just the gym aspect, leave the gym and forget about the nutrients you need, forget about the rest you need, forget about fasting or whatever it is that you're using for your strategy. You need those too. So why would it be any different for your relationship or your mental and emotional strength and mobility? Mm -hmm. So the way that I look at it is on my phone, I have this app called done and it's just, it's kind of like a to-do list app, but I have say, for example, my physical health and fitness, I've got a nutrition and a fitness component of it. Mm -hmm. Then for relationships, for emotional health and fitness, and for my purpose, health and fitness, I have consumption and creation. So consumption is really, what am I feeding my mind? So Mm -hmm. for example, inside of relationships, one of the books that I turn to over and over and over again is the way of the superior man. So that is my consumption. I make sure that I'm consuming that on a weekly basis, but just like if somebody were to come to one of my classes, I demo the exercises, say three, two, one, go, and they just stand there. That doesn't make any sense. So you have to apply the strategies that you're learning. So inside of my app, I make sure that whatever I learned that day, I am applying that day with one small, specific, and simple step. And that's actually... Um, I just had a hard copy journal made based off of my podcast and the mental muscle up that every single morning 
I sit down and I take a quote from a book that I'm reading or a podcast that I've listened to, and I run it through the four questions to make sure that I am coming up with one small, specific, and simple step I can take to, as I say in my podcast, ignite the impact I wish to see in my world, which is just a fancy way of saying, be the best version of yourself on that day that you can in that area. Mm -hmm. So... Fitness and nutrition has the fitness and nutrition component. Consumption and creation is what you can call it in every other area. You have to be consuming quality content, but then you have to be putting that content into action. Daily. Uh, yeah. Daily. <laughs> yeah. Daily is what works for me. So, and, and, and if anybody doesn't believe Coach Carl with this, I always heard it as, you know, you can't outrun a bad diet. Um, right. Just listen, folks. I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> and he is 100% right. Um, we all have. And, and so, and, and yeah, when we, sometimes when we focus, especially when we're trying to dial in our health, we focus on that hour at the gym, that half hour yep. of calisthenics or the two hours at the gym uh, or the six hours if you're like my son, who's uh, so a, oh, a power geez. lifter. Uh, that, that, I think okay. his six hour days are over, but he's done you know, a lot of competitive powerlifting. Um, you know, we focus on that one hour and we think it's going to be the quick fix. And then we take that as license for blowing off the other 23. Uh, I was listening to this <laughs> fascinating uh, book. I can't remember the name of it now, but I'll, I'll make sure I put it in the, the, the show notes. It's all about uh, willpower. And there was a scientific uh, study, discovery, what have you, that one way we sabotage our willpower is that we take these virtuous actions and say, oh, we've done our good deed for the day. And then we take that as kind of permission to not, not do our best in other areas. And they said, this is why, um, not, not, you know, calling anybody out, but like, this is why, for example, people in power have like the biggest scandals, whether it's like, um, the big evangelists will have the, the most scandalous scandals. People in political power will just do these tiger woods. Bone boneheaded things, tiger woods, right? It's because you take that six, you know, you, 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 you work so hard for that success in one area that you then sort of give yourself permission to relax, um, but almost too much in, in other areas. Right. And so, so in fitness, we say things like, oh, I can eat this cupcake. You know, I had a good workout today. Right. And there's uh, cupcakes have their time and place. Don't, don't. Absolutely. Me. They Cup, do. Boston don't cream donuts over here. Cupcake people. Uh, what, what are they called? Boston cream donuts. That yeah, is, you have, uh, that's you, have good you have good taste, my man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's, that's, that's literally the best donut. Anybody else? Uh, sorry on the donuts. Uh, so. So we've got this idea of it's not just the one, it's not just the, 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 the output, but dialing in the input as well. Right. And that creates kind of a virtuous cycle. Like if you are working out, um, that makes the most out of your nutrients. And if you're getting good nutrients, that gives you the best workout. Right. So I hate to keep shaking you down, but is there anything no, else, no. any other principles that you've learned that you want to, that you take out in the street? You know what? It, it, it's so funny that on all the other podcasts, I don't think I've talked about the one I'm about to that you just alluded to and reminded me of. So when we go to the gym, like one of the things that um, anytime I'm doing a full body circuit with people or a full body workout, mm -hmm. um, the, the way one of the templates that I use is um, 
upper body, lower body, cardio, and core, upper body, lower body, cardio, and core. I want to get those four in to make sure that we, we tackle everything and they end up being amazing workouts. Now, what would happen if every single day when people came in, it was just core, it was core, it was core. Or if you're a guy who trains, it's typically, it's typically chest buys, tries, chest buys, tries, chest buys, tries, like just never legs, right? Never legs. Now, if you want to be a true athlete, or if you want to be fundamentally fit, you know, you have to tackle all of those areas. Like you can't just have great cardio capacity. You need physical strength. Your bones need resistance training. Your muscles need resistance training, your core work. Like you can't just ignore your core. And I don't mean direct, like doing I, I can't remember the last time I did an actual sit-up, but let's just use sit-ups because everybody knows what those are. Um, but like your core engagement when you're training. So when you're thinking about those things, incorporating all four. So with me, I found that it was interesting when I was figuring out what other areas of my life needed training. I came up with the acronym PREP. So I think about it as the PREP work. So physical health and fitness, relationship health and fitness, emotional health and fitness, and purpose health and fitness. And what I found was that just like if you have a weak core in the gym, it is going to definitely affect your deadlifts, your squats, your bench press, everything. If you have weak lung capacity and cardio capacity, that is going to affect your strength. If your strength isn't that good, it's going to affect your endurance. They all are intertwined. And so what I found for me was I used to think that I was trying to think about what my lead domino was outside Mm. of the gym. So is it my physical health? Is that what impacts everything else the most? Is it my sense of purpose? And then I used to think it was my emotional health and fitness because it made sense that if you can really master your emotions and be the witness of them as opposed to a slave to them, then you can pretty much dictate your behavior. And so I really, really focused on that. But then I started putting other things on the burner, on the back burner. So things like relationships. And when things really turned around for me was when I put relationships as the lead domino. Um, I made, I made, because before, like, I remember my partner, Jenny Lee, uh, we separated for three months at the beginning of 2021, got back together and things have just progressively getting better and better and better ever since. And it's phenomenal now. But when we did get back together, she said to me, because I used to work a lot and I would cancel plans on friends and family all the time just to get more work in. And she said, Carl, I was really scared. You were going to be really successful, but all alone. Mm. Because I, and as soon as she said that, I was like, wow, like it, it hurt, but it needed to be said and it needed to be heard. So ever since then, if I've got something from a business standpoint and a relationship standpoint, the business can wait. So I've got three group of friends. We get together. We used, in the summer, we're getting together once a week. Now it's probably about once a month. Once I see one of the other three, probably once a week, but the four of us get together once a month for sure. And ever since I started doing that, guess what? That, that relationship harmony falls over to my emotional health and fitness. And if I'm feeling good emotionally, guess what? I'm not making up excuses to eat like crap or not go to the gym. And if all of those things are aligned, guess how easy it is for me to come on this and do my own podcast and really start sharing my purpose with the world. So what it's going to be for everybody, I'm not sure. I just know for me, and I would definitely argue that relationship health and fitness is extremely important. Because one of the things I always tell people is that if you want to improve the quality of your life, 
improve the quality of the connections you have with the people you love the most. That's it. That's it. That is so powerful, I have to say. And, I, and again, I'm, I'm getting chills over here just reflecting on uh, my own story of, of when, I, when I think about the kind of the arc of my life and, and my ups and downs, uh, some very important things to me have been my career, uh, my health, and my relationships. And I'm going to confess that um, my relationships, for the most part, have very seldom come first. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a great family. I have some friends that I love. Uh, but I, but I've had those periods where uh, I was really wrestling between, let's say, career and health. Mm-hmm. And, and I had this thing in my head that, you know, anytime that I'm really focused on my health, I'm not as present at work. And when I focus on work, I'm not as present with my health. And my relationships are in the back, like, "Hey, what about us?" <laughs> like, yeah. And so for me, the the the, the ba- uh, so for so long, and I'm 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 dialing that back. I'm dialing that in now. I think, but for so long, it's been the this this polarity between um between career and calling and the self care that's critical for that stuff to work. Yeah. Um, but to say that you know you've done this experiment, if I put my relationships first. Turns out that has beneficial effects on my my purpose, my calling, my my professional uh, endeavors, and my health. And that, I think that's a really powerful lesson for people. As and it just it comes back around to what we were talking about in the beginning. Uh, and again, not exclusively, but let's let's focus on men's mental health. Yep. You know that's again. I'm not not a doctor. <laughs> That is a relationship issue in in so many Absolutely. times. I, I think that's about, it's about loneliness. It's about either not having invested in relationships or not knowing how to invest in relationships based on like life history or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But that's fundamentally in many cases, a loneliness problem um, of either <laughs> not having the relationships or not having the tools or the experience of creating those positive relationships that then support you in the other areas of your life. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's just a really powerful lesson for you to teach today, Carl. I'm really, really grateful for it. Well, thank you. I, I, you, you said it right there. Um, with men, the loneliness issue, the depression issue, all those mental health issues, I would be willing to say that those, I, I agree with you entirely in that those are relationship issues. Um, and, from the standpoint from your romantic relationships as well, but your relationship that you have with other men. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If, if you do not have, this has been my experience. If you do not have strong bonds with other men, and I mean, you like not every, it's not like guys have to go around saying, I love you all the time. I'm very fortunate where there are guys like I can say that no problem. Like mm-hmm. every time we get off the phone or a FaceTime, whenever love you, man, like it, it's, it's just not a big deal, but just having somebody there, so that you don't feel alone. Mm. You don't feel alone because everybody thinks that like everybody else has their shit together or whatever. Right. Like it's just, no, we, we, we all, we all, all of us have our messes. We all do. You just just don't see that portion of us normally. So if you can get in an environment with another man or some other men and realize, man, I'm not the only one who thinks like this. I'm not the only one making these mistakes. Okay. Maybe I'm not as bad as I put myself out to be. And Mm -hmm. that is a huge revelation for any human being to realize that you're not as bad as you're making yourself out to be. 
Right. And, and, and I'll say just like uh, exercise and nutrition can form this kind of virtuous cycle. Yes. Uh, on the flip side, that isolation is a kind of uh, vicious cycle where it's like, yeah. I don't really have a an open enough relationship with a peer that I can see that I'm not the weird one. Right. And so <laughs> it, like, if, if you're not spending time with other people, you think you're the, you think you're the weird one. You think you're the only yeah. one who has problems, which then just makes you want to isolate all the more. Like if I, you know, if I go out and, and, and open myself up to other people, they're going to see how terrible I am. So I'm going to stay closed up. And then that just makes me feel more terrible. Um, and so, and so take that risk guys, I'm telling you now, just like be open, be able to open yourself up, be, be vulnerable, uh, take that risk at oversharing and, and, and yeah. somebody will tell you when you overshare, it's like, I mean, that said, like, <laughs> let's, let's all get naked and hug, but like, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe one day, maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know, summertime. Okay. Let's do in summer. <laughs> summertime I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in LA. I'm in LA. It is like a chilly 59 right now. Um, you should see and, it oh where boy. I am right now. Yeah, yeah no, it's, one, it's one a little best, different. One of, some of my best friends like live in in Winnipeg right now, and so if, if you oh, need, okay, like, you need a headshot guy. I know a guy, um, but there's a uh, just take that risk of vulnerability, and it's scary, and sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, but when it does, it can just open up whole new avenues to you. But that's a hundred percent true. On top of that, it's no, it, that's that whole, uh, dial down before you dial out. Right. Or just starting small. Like you may mm -hmm. not come and just spew your entire life problems. Just yeah. start with something small that you imagine is going to be relatable. That's it. Um, but one of the other things that I is a really good place for men to start. And this is something that has completely saved my, my relationship, my health and literally my life has been really developing the relationship that I have with myself and with something that I've come to call the block. So the block is that voice in my head that is the absolute worst human being in the world. The one that tells me, I can't do this. You'll never do that. Who's going to listen to you? You're a nobody. You should just quit this right now. Why would you quit your job to do this? Just all the horrible stuff, right? But I have a conversation with him I call him him and I feel him in my solar plexus and I see him when I close my eyes. I see him as like a 3D transparent cube. That's why I call him the block. And I first identified him, I think back in 2016. So three times a week right now, at least, I have a very systematized journaling experience that I have as having a conversation with him. So that I know because we talked about relationships being kind of the key for me anyways, but not just relationship with people. What is your relationship like with fear? What is your relationship like with anxiety and depression? What is your relationship like with guilt? Because you don't necessarily have to cut those things off. You can leverage them if you have a good enough relationship with them. It's no different than discomfort in the gym. If you try to avoid discomfort or pain in the gym, you are not going to get anywhere. You just have to learn how to leverage it and have a good relationship with it. Mm. So it was the same thing with my depression. I started having conversations every single day with it, trying to figure out what are you trying to teach me? Why do you keep coming up like this? And then all of a sudden I realized he's not holding me back. He's actually pushing me forward. And like this block is one of the best friends I have ever had. But for the longest time, I thought he was my enemy. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's a really important shift, I think, because um, a we listen to that block all the time, and we that we you treat it you treat it like the enemy, and sometimes I mean if you give it too much you know oxygen, it can be absolutely. It's also a survival mechanism, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, I've worked with a couple of um, you know, let's say uh, like NLP trainers and therapists who talk about you know how how to reframe things yeah. and you know the first thing you want to do is thank that block like thank you for keeping me safe this whole <laughs> yeah. time right i know you you have the best of intentions um i'm going to drive for a minute you know and, and then and we'll check back in with each other but if you see something going really wrong like let's let's stop at the small stuff you see something going really wrong i'm going to trust you to keep me safe and yeah. uh the 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 same coaches have said things like um you know, you, I love how you kind of articulate, like you've, you've, you've embodied this thing so that you can address it straight away. And, uh, and these guys, I'm thinking of like Joe Burns and Joe Tabanella, people who are uh, either have been or will be on the show. Um, one of them talks about that same kind of externalized voice and mm-hmm. says, uh, imagine it as a sock puppet. Right. I don't want to spoil huh. it because he's because I've interviewed him. And he's going to be on the show later. So, but he's like, imagine it's like, you know, if, if it's <laughs> instead of it's like you're no good, it's like you're no good, right? Like that sounds different from yeah. like a sock puppet with like an eye missing, <laughs> or or somebody uh, you know using a, or just listening to that voice, but then make it like a Mickey Mouse voice, right? And, and turn down the volume and and let it kind of drift away. Um, you know, yeah. you thank it and then you put it in its place. And so yeah. I think that's a really powerful exercise for anybody. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. That. The sock puppet one is a hundred percent one. I am going to be remembering and taking away from this for sure. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So what's, what's something you're working on right now that you're really excited that you want people to know about? Um, something I'm working on right now is actually my ignite the impact. I don't, I don't want to use the word journal for it because it's more of a manual and it's mm. a manual that people will develop themselves. Um, so essentially what I've been doing for the past couple of years now is every single morning as part of my morning routine, I ask myself four simple yet extremely powerful questions that we've already kind of talked about. And I was always, I just go to the dollar store and get blank journals and write them out. I'm like, you know what? It'd be pretty cool to have something physical of my own where I can do this. So, mm-hmm. um, I finally got the first hard copy edition of it a couple Fridays ago, um, made a couple tweaks. So now I have a bigger order coming in for that. Um, I'm going to figure out when and where I'm going to be putting that up online. But if anybody wanted the digital download of it, um, they would just have to hit me up at ignite the impact on Instagram. And I'm more than happy to share that because that is something that I use every single morning as an opportunity because what it does is it. I'm I'm a huge fan of quotes, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I used to be the king of was buying books and not finishing them, downloading programs and not finishing them, or getting all these aha moments and then never doing anything with it. So obviously nothing changes. So now whenever I listen to something and I get that quote or that aha moment, what I do is. The first one of the first things that you do inside of what I call the mental muscle up is you write down your situation. So question number one is what is your situation? So say for example, this morning for me would have been how am I going to leverage the darkness that I've been feeling over the past three weeks? Because there's been something permeating in the background that I can't quite identify yet. Mm. 
So it's like, okay, so then what I do is I go to one of my, I guess, foundational books that would be, this one would be about emotional health and fitness. So one of the books I love is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And he talks about resistance in there a lot. And um, so I'll go that and I'll just flip, I'll let the universe do the work. I'll flip it open, open to a page and mm-hmm. see what I've bookmarked in that page. And then I write that down as my notable quotable. And that's kind of my fuel for directing me. And then question number two is what is your transformation? That's really just writing down four things you don't want, four things you do want. And then the next question is what is your inspiration? And that's where you tap into your inner voice and just let your words flow to find a lesson. And then finally, question number four what is the implementation? That's a small, specific, and simple step you're going to take that day to ignite the impact you wish to see in your world. So um, I've got the journal coming out, which is really, really good. And I've also gotten into contact with um, five of my brothers who are willingly um, voluntolding themselves to (laughs) be the first test subjects in really taking what I've done over the past couple of years and using it to, for lack of a better expression, transform every area of their lives. So every single Monday, they're going to get what would be their, their workout routine, Mm -hmm. but it's one snippet for every area of the prep work. So Monday, instead of it being leg day, it's physical health and fitness day. Tuesdays, instead of it being upper body day, it's relationship health and fitness day. So they're going to have work that they need to do in order to build build strength, build agility, and build endurance in every single one of those areas. So they're going to be my test dummies over the next 90 days. And then after that, we're going to be releasing that more to uh, more and more men specifically, because I am going to keep this isolated to men for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll make sure that we get some links in the show notes. So for, for if people want to get on that bandwagon uh, now for when it goes into broad release, uh, people will be dialed in. So Wonderful. That, yeah. that, that's awesome. Couple couple questions I have before I let you go. Okay. Um, one is, and this is this is uh, this is this is kind of a new show, but I'm already developing some old jokes. Um, <laughs> One is a particular scenario I love, and I, I think I, I borrowed this from Tim Ferriss. I probably borrowed it from somebody else. It's sort of a billboard question. My my version of it is: oh. You're on Times Square. Uh, this guy in a suit taps you on the shoulder. He's like, "You, um, this is really awkward." But Coca Cola just called. They're they're pulling out of Times Square. We've got this big blank billboard over here, and I just need to fill it. I can't have it dark in Times Square. So what do you got? And, and so he's like, give me like, if, if you had that kind of attention for a brief period of time, but you could hit so many people, what would you say? What would go on this Times square billboard? That is an unbelievably amazing question. Um, what just came up for me, um, was something that came to me from my experience, uh, with my ex-wife. Um, so uh, we were actually married twice. We married, separated for a year, and then went to Las Vegas and got married again, uh, which was incredible. And uh, But then we ended up separating again. And the whole reason, I would say the main reason we separated was because I was just in denial about what I truly wanted and who I truly was. And I made myself out to be somebody that I wasn't, so I wouldn't disappoint her. I wouldn't disappoint her family. I wouldn't disappoint my friends and family. And after that experience, 
I just, I thought to myself, I would rather people hate me for who I am than love me for who I am not. Mm. So that's what I would put on the billboard. Have people, it'd be better. It's better to have people hate you for who you are than love you for who you are not. That's, that's what amazing. I would put on. I really hope, I really hope Coca-Cola drops the ball and we can make that happen. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm ticking off everybody today. The, the uh, alternative donut people, the Coca-Cola people. <laughs> nice. uh, so let's go from big picture down to down to super tiny, the size of let's say an earbud hole. Uh, okay. Let's say somebody's listening to this show. They're doing the dishes. They're on their way back from work. They had a rough or, or they had they had a rough day. And um, let's just let's just get creative. This is this is a guy. This is a guy in his fifties. Nothing's going well. He knows something has to change, but he doesn't know where to start. What do you say to that one guy? It's interesting that you bring that up because I had a massive revelation today after I do every once in a while, I'll do more than one mental muscle up in a day. Cause if I have a challenge, I always run it through those questions and they always give me the answer. Um, so one of the things recently I got myself into a depressive and anxiety state where I was paralyzed. Like I couldn't get off the bed. Whatever. And I'm always, I'm always trying to think my way out of my problems, which the problems of the mind can't be solved on the level of the mind. I think it was Einstein mm-hmm. that said something like that. Um, but what I would say to him is it's not about so much what you, what you do as opposed to where you go. And what I mean by that is you have to, if you can change number one, your physiology, but your physical location, that, that is going to be the easiest and the quickest way to change your state. And if you can control your state, then you can control anything. So if anybody's really, really, really down and out, get up and move. Where can you go? Where can you go? Is it for a walk? Is it to, is it from the couch to the chair? Is it from the sink to the couch? Like, what is it? Just get up and move because you will never be able to think your way out of your problems. You just won't be able to trust me. I, I still try to do it every single day and I don't know why, but it's, it's like that feeling after a workout, everybody always feels mentally and emotionally better after workout. Why do you think that is? Because there was movement involved. Hmm. So it's not, what can you do? Where can you go? I, I love that. And I, and I've, I've been learning that lesson recently as well. I heard from somebody, I don't remember, I, I didn't know where it came from, but this idea is like, you can't fix the mind with the mind. No, or rather, absolutely you, not. I, I think you said it better. And you can't, you can't fix the mind on the level of the mind. Like you can't use the same tools to solve the problem that you use to create the problem. Uh, right. Exactly. Of, uh, of saying it. Uh, but what, where that really resonated with me is I've been in a position to do, let's say a lot of active shooter training, right? I've been working in like the public sphere where these things are a risk nowadays okay. and done some uh, firearms training myself and, and guys talking about these crazy situations where we go right back into the, uh, the base of the mammal brain. Some say the lizard brain, I think, you know, this started as soon as people had had people, as soon as things had spines, we developed this part of the brain that gives us that fight flight uh, reflex. Um, Okay. We don't often talk about one of the other F's, which is freeze. Freeze. And 
you've got this fight, flight, free. Uh, as uh, as again, one of my mentors, Joe Burns, says, there's actually four Fs: fight, uh, flight, freeze, and and then he thought for a second, said, fall in love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those instinctual reactions that we have. Yes. Uh, but so many times when people talk about being stuck, whether it's in a career relationship, you're plateauing at the gym, uh, wherever you feel stuck, that could very well be that your brain can't process. You're in a risk state and you are freezing. Mm -hmm. And going back to these, these trainings that I've had, when these guys talk about like, okay, if you're, let's say you're in a church or a mall or an office building or something, and one of these guys is going through and it's a deadly situation, the worst thing you could do is freeze, right? right? Which is, which is an instinct mammal response. Like if you, if you think you're prey and what's preying on you only sees movement, we freeze. Um, unfortunately our hardware hasn't evolved as fast as our software. And we go back to that hardware response of freezing, you know, it's not a saber tooth tiger. It's a boss that's yelling at you, right? right. It's not, it's not, you know, uh, a, uh, a prairie fire coming your way. It's your romantic partner giving you a dirty look. Our body treats it exactly the same way. And we freeze. And they said the best way to get out of that freeze state is just to do something. And it can be something crazy. It could be like yell or, mm -hmm. you know, when you find yourself freezing, you know, wiggle your arms because I was just, just going to say, yeah, wiggle that your just arms. Make, that Absolutely. just makes you like, that just shakes you out of that very important, you know, safety oriented neurological response. Um, but you got to get out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I love what you're talking about. Okay. It, you know, you don't have to change the, you don't have to change the world to change your mood. You just have to change your location. And you know, Oh, that's, that's a hardcore quotable. That was so good. Put it in your oh, journal. That dude. Was so good. Yeah, it's gonna be good. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That's going in the journal. You know what? Side note, what's funny is the next editions of the journal. Um, what I want to have is in case anybody doesn't have their own, um, inspirational quote that they want to have. I want to have some at the bottom of the page, but I'm also going to have the journals coming with cards because what I found for me is since I go back to books over and over and over mm -hmm. again, and I've got them out outlined, I'm going to have journals that are specific to books. So say for example, Atomic Habits, it will come with a right. deck of cards where it's like, okay, you say your situation, nice. you shuffle the deck of cards and then you pull one out. It's like, oh, okay, this is beautiful. But I really want to have one that is all from people that I've connected with. So that one is definitely going on a card. That was it. That was a good one. That was a really cool. good one. So you just have to listen to the show later and uh, pull that out. Yep. And <laughs> so well, I'm yeah, sure I'll be pulling tons out. I, I'll be pulling uh, tons out. So I'm so grateful that we got to we got together. We could, that we connected. I think we connected yeah. through uh, through uh, SPI uh, Pat, Pat, SPI Pat Flynn's community. Um, yeah. And so I'm so just kismet. So glad it happened. Really learned yep. a lot from you today, brother. Uh, I think anybody who listens to this is going to learn a lot today too. And so thank you for thank you for being on the Deeper Motivation Show. Thank you very much for having me. This has been uh, an enlightening experience for sure. And something I'm going to be taking away. Uh, number one, I'm going to listen to that quote again, but the sock puppet is it's tattooed in my mind already. Yeah. Absolutely. That, so thank that's, you for that. So that, that's not mine. I think uh, everybody out there stay tuned for the uh, Joe Burns interview. <laughs> um, great coach of this uh, mind on purpose program. So just give a little, give a little promo for another episode. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I'm really glad you're, I'm really glad you've been on the show and can't wait to share this with everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Coach Carl, everybody.
Iceberg, thank you so much for hanging out with me and Coach Carl. That was a fun and powerful conversation. I hope you got out of it at at least half as much as I did. And if that's if that's all we did, then that's cool because uh, I thought there was a lot of great stuff in there. We talked about a number of books and you can find links to all those in the show notes along with the complete transcript of this show. I'll also have some contact info for Coach Carl in case you want to get in touch with him or work with him or just chat with him. Follow him on Instagram, you do you. And I don't want to spoil any surprises, but this is one of a series of interviews I had that had these themes of men's health in them and how men relate to each other, how men relate to their health, how men relate to the people in their lives. So if you are a man or if you know a man, I highly suggest you subscribe to this show, whether you're watching on YouTube and can subscribe there, or uh, we're now on the podcast platform of your choice, as long as you choose Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. We're on all those networks. Search for The Deeper Motivation Show. You will find us. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, I humbly request that you leave us a review on one of those platforms just so we can know how we're doing and other people can find this show who might like it just as much as you did. And the last suggestion I want to make today before signing off is that you check out DeeperMotivation.com. That's all one word, Deeper Motivation, a dot, and then a com, forward slash resolution. I've got a brief video on there talking about some discoveries I made about New Year's resolutions, why they don't work, how you might make them work better, and the opportunity to sign up for the Resolution Reboot Challenge from Stuck to Unstoppable in 30 Days. That's a program that I put together based on studies and research and personal experience in sleep and nutrition and fitness and mindset, all designed to help you dial into your intention, keep your resolutions, and not wash out like most people do. Because I firmly believe that you are not most people. And even if you are most people, no judgments. I just hope you enjoyed this conversation I had with Coach Carl Berryman today. And uh, can't wait to see you for the next one. Until then, stay chilly. Thank you for joining us today for the Deeper Motivation Show. All the resources mentioned today, as well as a full transcript of the show, can be found at our website at deepermotivation.com. If today's episode made you happy, leaving us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice is just the sort of thing that happy people do. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss a single weekly episode. One more thing, last but not least, before we go our separate ways, I wanted to offer you something I have prepared for you. Based on my own studies and research and my own personal experience of being a driven person who, I'll admit, has not always been so good at keeping my balance in life, keeping my head in the game, or keeping myself healthy for those I serve and those I love. It's a brief guide entitled, Four Things Driven People Need to Beat Burnout, Break Barriers, and Build Balance for a Life You Really Want. I know, the title's about half as long as the whole guide, but I want you to know exactly what you're getting. If that sounds like something you want or something you need, head on over to deepermotivation.com forward slash four things and get your copy today. That's deepermotivation.com forward slash the number four, the word things all smushed together. Until next time, remember that you are so much more than what people see on the surface. And until we meet again, stay chilly, my iceberg.